0: This is Carl the Jackal Frampton. Hi. This is David Healy. Hello. This is Stephen Ferris. Hi. I'm Bethany Ferris. Hi. This is Joey Barton. And Charles Gutierrez. Hi. This is Harry Q. And, and you're are listening, listening to, the to the score.
1: The score with Michael Clark.
2: Welcome along to The Score It is an Irish Cup extravaganza This week We are in the 6th round 16 teams remain And soon there will only be 8 But who will reach the quarterfinal stages We have Kicking us off at Clandiboy Park Banger versus Crusaders Will it be a cup set Or will it be the cup holders Who go through Joining us a man who has Experience of playing for both teams He's currently with the hosts Michael Halliday. What a career he has had. Still going strong. He will be on the show shortly. There are three all-premiership matches we'll be hearing from Colin Coates of Cliftonville. They prepare to welcome Rain on Saturday. And we know at least one championship team will be making it through because there's an all-championship clash at Brandywell Institute against Ballyclare Comrades. And from Ballyclare, their boss, Stephen Small. It's all coming up. Right here on The Score.
1: The Score with Michael Clark.
2: Yes, round up your clichés, dear friend. Form goes out the window, free hit. It all comes down to this, David versus Goliath, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> we know it, it has been done before, but we still love it. The Irish Cup does hold the special meaning here and there is no escaping it. A weekend packed full of jitters, excitement and unpredictability. And isn't that just how we like it? Let us remind you very quickly of the fixtures. So the Friday match, as I said at the top, Banger versus Crusaders. Heading along to that one later. Cannot wait. We'll be in the good company of Paul Lehman. The rest of the matches are Saturday. One is at half one. That is Breda against Dungannon and Swifts, bladed happy birthday to Dean Shields. Incidentally, the other games are three o'clock kickoffs, in no particular order, Ballymena United, Welcome Newington, Portadown play Glen Torin, Institute host Ballyclare Comrades, Larne and Linfield lock horns at Inver Park. That certainly is a tasty encounter, a repeat of the County Antrim Shield final recently played and Larne edging that on penalties. as a retribution for Linfield or will Larne get another scalp over the Blues? Can we call it a scalp these days given Larne's status? Maybe not. Uh, Glenavon against Harland and Wolf Welders and Cliftonville versus Corain. Some cracking ties in the round, I'm sure you will agree. And now it's time to hear from our first guest of the show. And with Bangor versus Crusaders being a Friday night match, I caught up with our first guest yesterday just to give them a bit of time to uh, chill out before the big game.
1: The Score with Michael Clark.
2: The youthful evergreen Michael Halliday from Bangor. He's hoping for a cup set as at Clandy Boy Park they are welcoming holders and indeed one of his former clubs, Crusaders. Michael, uh, at the tender age of 40, <clears throat> never you mind, it's good to have you on the programme. It's good to see you still playing.
3: Yeah, well, it's good to be alive that I can still take calls like this. Absolutely,
2: <laughs> you must love everybody referencing your age. That must never get old.
3: Yeah, do you know what? Um, I still feel young. That's the main thing. Um, I'm still, I'm still doing as much training as I can, trying to keep up with these twenty uh, teenagers, twenty year olds. You know, <laughs> a, a banger, and um, you know, so I still feel young.
2: We love the old expression. Magic of the Cup, and you know all about the Irish Cup, two-time winner, five-time finalist. It hasn't always been kind to you, but I'm sure some very special days and memories in there.
3: Yeah, of course. I mean, the the, the two victories were were very special. Um, And as a day in local football, there's there's nothing quite like it, just as as that one-off occasion, you know, and... uh, if you win it, it's a absolutely tremendous day. If you get beat in the final, it puts a, a big dampener on it. But I mean, it's still it's still a great experience to be part of a final. And uh, yeah, I've, unfortunately, I've have uh, I've lost more, more than I've won. But um, fortunate enough to score in a couple of finals, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll always remember those.
2: Well, you've had an incredibly decorated career. There's there's no getting away from that. And many people, when they hear Michael Holiday, they will. Largely, either think of a goal you scored for them if they're a Glentoran fan or against them if they're practically any other team in the league. Do people come up to you with a, oh, you were the man that did this to us, you cost us this game? Or do you get those sort of stories from
3: from punters? Uh, sometimes, yes, sometimes guys will come up and go, oh, you were the reason I cried my eyes out <laughs> 20 years ago, <laughs> at which point I know what game they're talking about and it. it it's very satisfying. <laughs> um, but, you yeah, know, I, I I still get that. And it, it's, it's not only, it's not only Linfield supporters that you would maybe expect. It is um, supporters throughout the, the the country. I had a Porter down fan last week as well, talking to me about it. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's good to reminisce with these guys 20 years on or whatever it is.
2: I would imagine. So um, in that decorated career, um, as we say, two Irish Cup wins and the fact that you're still playing shows that you have a real hunger for it. Uh, what is your secret to still going? Because um, I'm sure you have a few former teammates wondering how on earth you find the energy.
3: Well, I, I, a few of them do and I think a few of my former teammates could probably still play. I know a lot, a lot of them are still fit enough and um, they play for the like the likes of the Glen Torn Legends teams and, and I, I'm sure they could. Maybe other things have just taken over in life but... Um, you know, I've been I've been very fortunate that I've been able to go so long. Um, a lot of people at Bangor put it down to my Malteser diet that I'm on. <laughs> um, constantly bag Maltesers on a Friday night and things like that. There, um, I think I was very fortunate that my, my 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 game never really relied on any electric pace, put it like that. So um, yeah, while I'm still not as fast as I was, not that I was ever very fast, um, I can still just be that big lump up there of a target man and, and, and try to. Pull the ball up and bring players into play. So it, my game suited the 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 where I'm at at the minute. And the enjoyment hasn't gone clearly. No, no, it, it it it's very enjoyable. Now it's 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 a lot more enjoyable, obviously, when you're playing. And you know, at my age, I can, probably can't expect to be playing every week, realistically. But um, just to have a part uh, in the changing room at Bangor and and play when needed is is great. And um, I think. Certainly talking to a few old colleagues, I think the thing that I'll probably miss the most is uh, the changing room environment. But I'm very fortunate at Banger, Bangor. It's a great change room to be part of. And, you know, it keeps me young and, um, you know, I, I enjoy going to training on a Tuesday and Thursday and, and match days on a Saturday just to see the boys and, and, and try to accomplish what Bangor want this year.
2: So can I assume you're not in charge of the music at this stage
3: <laughs> Absolutely not. Although in saying that there's there's an older hand, James Taylor, our goalkeeper, who's not a he's not a, a kicking the arse off me, like to be honest in <laughs> age. He's, he's in charge of the music and I don't know, he's just hanging on to his, his teenage years. He's he's down with the kids with his music and it's it's ridiculous. It's so bad.
2: Well we say typical goalkeepers don't we well, when it comes to that. <laughs> oh yeah, they're all mental.
3: Goalkeepers are all mental <laughs>
2: The Banger story, for anybody that isn't aware of it, and I'm not talking the club's history, I'm talking about recent history, the last few years, is remarkable. It wasn't that long ago that HMRC were at the door and there were serious concerns about Banger's future and whether it would continue to have one. To be in a position now where you're flying in the PIL, you have ambitions of moving into the Championship at the very least, and you have a night like Friday night, going to be on the BBC, you've got Crusaders coming there, you're hoping for a bumper crowd. Just how much better do things feel now than only a few years ago?
3: Well, yeah, I mean, I, I can't I can't really speak to the, the years whenever Bangor were, were going down and down and ended up in the Balamina League. I, I joined them when they were in the Balamina League, but I, I believe at this point, you know, there's, there's a new board in, involved and, you know, they have, you know, great ambitions for Bangor. The club, from where I, I I stand, is being run extremely well, and and they have dreams of getting back up to the the, the Premier League status that the club um, used to have. Um, certainly, the, the the management that's in at the minute they share the same ambition as the board, and everyone's pulling in the same direction. Um, it was a bit it was a bit uh, heartbreaking last year not to go up, even though it would have been through a playoff, but. It wouldn't matter how how we got into the championship. That's certainly our aim this year, and certainly after the disappointment of last year, um, it it's driving us on to to get there this year. As far as the the cup goes, this this week, um, I mean, the, to be fair, there was a, there was a huge banger support at the Stealing Sons Cup final uh, on Christmas Eve there, and we expect a a similar banger crowd. And uh, you know, you add yeah, to that the Crusaders support that will hopefully come down. It should be a great atmosphere come Friday night and. You know, listen, a couple of upsets can, can happen anywhere, I guess. You know, while it may be unlikely, I mean, we'll be giving it our best to, to, to try to get that upset on Friday night.
2: The Stealing Suns, obviously a high point. Nice to get a bit of early silverware in the campaign. And uh, the festive fixture is always one that uh, people look to. Um, how good were the celebrations afterwards?
3: Yeah, it was... It was it was great. It was actually it was it was fantastic. It was on Christmas Eve because it meant that if it had been Christmas Day, you maybe couldn't have you know spent the same amount of time you know back at the club and things. Because obviously with young families, you you would have a lot of the players would have had to go their separate ways. So to have it on Christmas Eve worked out great, and you know it was a difficult game. We we, we managed to get through it, and and just the you know the buzz about about Bangor Football Club after that and since then has has been great, and. Um, I think last year we got beat in a, in a semi-final, mm-hmm. which kind of uh, you know put a bit of dampener at that time, and, and it affected our league form for a couple of games, and and maybe maybe ended up costing us in the end. But but obviously to get over to get that um, demon out of the way, exercise that demon, and, and and win it this year. Hopefully that'll spur us on in the league.
2: And Crusaders a team that you know well. I mean the the Premiership powerhouses that they are the cup holders. Not much research goes into that, but I'm I'm just interested on in your memories of your couple of seasons there at the club.
3: All oh, fantastic times at, at Crusaders. Um, I was fortunate enough to be part of a of a very good team. You know, we we ran Linfield uh, close in our first year going for the league, um, and got the two Irish Cup finals with them, and ended up winning the Satanta Cup. But I mean that that was that was a lot of young players coming through, and their prime, the likes of. Chris Morrow, Colin coach, Deggy Cadell was coming through, Jordan Owens, you know, and and there was a lot of more experienced players there as well. And and then you obviously had Stuart Dallas on this young, unknown player on the wing who was just, he standing at the same time as I did. And it was the makings of a, of a a very good and and strong crusader side. And and the changing room there, I I keep going back to changing rooms. Changing rooms can make, you you know, your football experience. and, And that was a great changing room to be part of. Some real characters there, you know, John O'Neill, who have since moved on, and and oh, there was just so many great um, characters in that changing room, which probably resulted in why with so much success.
2: And that's why you hear clubs talking about correct recruitment now, isn't it? Because it you know sometimes you look at what's on the pitch, but it needs to be the right atmosphere in training and in the the changing room as well, because you can usually tell when things aren't working out elsewhere on a match day.
3: Yeah, hundred um, percent. You know, if there's, there's some great teams about, you know, individually, fantastic players, but see unless they've got, you know, they're, they're gelled together in that changing room and everyone gets on and, you know, because bear in mind, you're going to have hard times through the year and the last thing you want are, are boys pointing fingers. You know, you're all in it together. You help each other through the hard times and you celebrate the the good times and um, whenever you have those big characters there, you know, leading from the front and supporting you and, and everyone's having a laugh and training isn't, a chore it's enjoyable to go to because you know you're you're there with a group of guys who you you, you want to achieve things with it it just makes it so much better
2: so how good is this group at Bangor then do you feel and, and how equipped will they be how ready can you be to take on a team like crusaders we've seen dergview who are um you know a step a- ahead in terms of if you want to look at the football pyramid they had a really sure, tough yeah. time at sea view um you know, 6 0 nil—the scoreline there. You don't want to be on the end of a, a result like that if you can avoid it.
3: No, absolutely not. I mean, like um, all all our players will know every one of the Crusaders players. Um, as a team, we've been looking for a, a bit of a challenge just to see where we are in the scheme of things. You know, last year in the Irish Cup, we, we got Lorne, and and they beat us comprehensively. I think it was five, might have been six, nil at this at the at the last round stage. Um, now, this year is probably the strongest squad I've certainly seen at Bangor um, since I've been there. Um, I mean, we managed to draw with Cliftonville earlier in the year and, and got them the penalty kick. So it, it is in us to, you know, have a good game and play well. We, we, we know we'll need to play well and, and, you know, our management will have a game plan and we'll need to, to execute that perfectly if we're going to have a chance because Crusaders are a good side, a full-time side. A side that is expected to, to beat us and probably beat us comfortably. But, you know, maybe the longer we can um, frustrate them, maybe. And um, yeah, you, you just never know. You never know what will happen. But um, we'll, we'll go in hoping to give a good account of ourselves. Um, it lets the younger players see where they are, you know, what they need to maybe achieve, what they need to, to do to, to, to better themselves and maybe play higher in this country. And, um, yeah, we'll, hopefully a few things will go our way on Friday night.
2: And you need no introduction to Stephen Baxter either, you know, so any banger players what we might talk about in a minute, he'll have already done his homework. But um, will it be a nice sort of reunion there too? Do you imagine a few words with, with Mr Baxter, whether it's before or after the game?
3: OK, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've seen Stephen a few times since leaving Crusaders and, you know, always would stop, have a word with him. Um, Great manager still doing the business. So um okay, I'm sure I'll get a word with him and, and, and Jeff and any other backroom staff that, that are still there. Um and, and it'd be good to see some of the, the players as well, the likes of Jordan and Daggy and, and who's back playing and, and you know, the the ones that were there whenever I was there, it'd be great for a wee bit of a catch up with them.
2: Adam Neal, of course, is cup tied, but are you confident there's enough of a, a goal threat between you and the other players there to maybe give Crusaders a couple of nervy moments?
3: Yeah, listen, adam, Adam's adam been playing very well since he signed for us and um, scored a lot of goals. And, and between him and, and Ben Arthurs, um, I'd say they have the majority of our goals this year. But, um, yeah, listen, people from can chip in all over the place. We'll have a, a lot of players on four or five goals, you know, from midfield or the wings or, you know, those back up um, forwards. So, listen, we we'll, we'll hope we we'll hope we'll get a chance somewhere, a couple of chances, and, and we're able to take one and... and our defence, which has been um, probably our strong point this year. You know, we haven't conceded many goals, certainly in, in the league. Um, well, hopefully they can do do the job of that and, and give us a chance where maybe one goal will maybe make it for us.
2: There's no pressure on Bangor for this game, but it's an opportunity. I'm wondering, do you still, I don't know, get butterflies coming into occasions like this or are you too long in the tooth?
3: Yeah, I think I think I'm, I'm I'm too long in the tooth for that now. But <laughs> certainly at the start of it all, yes, you would have got butterflies. I think now it's just, you know, I'm 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 kind of at an age now where I'm going well. This, this literally could be my last game. You know, I, I don't know what's going to happen. So you just enjoy it more at this age. You know, just to be part of it all still, and um, it it won't be as much butterflies of, of maybe you know excitement. Well, excitement. I suppose it's probably the same thing. But just excited to get out there and just just play a game of football.
2: And do you enjoy? Do you take part in the, I guess, passing on the knowledge to the younger players? Is that something you relish, or, or do you just like to go and put your head down, put your boots on when required?
3: Well, no, I, I like to, I like to try to pass on um, pearls of wisdom. Not that I would have many, but um, <laughs> I mean, there's a, a couple of strikers that you know that, that, that we do have at the club, the likes of. I mean, well, Jordan Hughes is certainly a wee bit um, older, but Adam and, and Ben are, are young enough that you could maybe teach them a, a couple of wee things or give them a few pointers. But I mean, they're good players. And, um, you know, as, if I can help them, I certainly will. But um, it, it's more them helping me by doing my running at the minute, to be fair. <laughs> so can't say too much. <laughs> well,
2: you find a way to always work that into partnerships in the past, so I can't imagine it being a problem now.
3: Yeah, no, no, that's that's true. That's true. Never was, never was one for a lot of hard, hard running.
2: Well, you know where the net is though, and that's something instinctive, and that's uh, obviously why so many people uh, in the stands have come to love you or curse you up and down, depending on persuasion, uh, down through the years. How much of that do you think is just in you, and how much is you know how much is practice or coaching or all those things? Because you know, everyone when they're growing up thinks, I'd love to be the guy to score a winning goal for my team in a cup final. But very few people go on to be that person. You've lived that. You, you've you done that.
3: Yeah, Um it is. It literally is everyone's dream. You know, whenever you're playing football as a kid in the park and, and you do the commentary on yourself and all that there, and, you know, such and such picks up the ball and scores a goal, you know, you're, you're picturing yourself doing it and in a big game somewhere. Now, maybe that big game's for Man United or something like that, but realistically, you know, to do it for a team that you supported it was it's fantastic. And, and, you know, it's it's more than you probably should have dreamt, really. But, um, yeah, it, it's it's a fantastic feeling, which which I hope someone on our team experiences on Friday night. You know, to score that winning goal in such a big game, because that, if, if Bangor were to beat Crusaders, that game would be remembered forever by Anger supporters and it will be talked about and, you know, that name will be remembered and talked about in, in relationship to that big victory. So, you know, ho- hopefully someone else puts their name on it on Friday night.
2: Does anything prepare you for those moments and, you know, and in them when the ball arrives at you? Because there's sort of two things. There's the instant decision as to what you're going to do that hopefully from your point of view is a goal. And then there's the aftermath of the goal, which is, you know, as you said, people come up going 20 years ago. You broke my heart. Um, d- does anything prepare you for that moment? And what goes through your head as it's all happening? You know, cup final, ball lands at your feet or, or falls in front of your head. You know, w- what are you thinking?
3: Well, at, at the time, you know, whenever you're in the game, it, I mean, it's a, it's a huge game, obviously. But when you're in the game, you're not thinking about anything other than the game when the ball comes to you, arrives at you, you just do what you know you naturally do. Sometimes it's better when the ball comes in quick and you don't really have too much time and you just do what you do instinctively. Sometimes the harder ones are the ones where you've got so much time, you're overthinking it and you're triple thinking it and then you end up fluffing it. But in the middle of the game, you scored, you've celebrated, but then you're straight back in again and it's really only after the game that you can sort of relax and go, me, oh, I, I, I scored that goal, you know, and and you know, as you say, years later, you know people still want to talk to you, and at that point, you do realise what a what a big moment it was. You know, obviously in your career, but also the the supporters who come and support the team, and you know they still talk about it. You know, whatever amount of years later, it just shows you what a big moment it was.
2: How much do you think the Irish League has come on? I mean, you've you've played in it, you've spanned the decades, you've seen them come and go. Uh, where are we at from your point of view?
3: Well, it it, it seems to have come a you know a long way. Certainly in the financial end of things, um, you know where you've now got is it how many full time teams? It's four full time teams and and a couple of other teams that maybe just aren't full time yet, but are certainly up there competing. So probably back in in the day when I played, you had maybe at a push you would had two teams always going for the league and maybe a third team. But this year, it seems to be pretty even, you know, because of the finances and it, it seems to be that there's realistically maybe five teams, six teams that are going to challenge. So you're better off from that perspective. Um, this, the, the the football is obviously, I mean, from my day, it used to be, you know, not not long ball all the time, but it was more, you know, direct style of approach. And now, just with the way Barcelona played and, what, you know, over the last couple of years, everyone's doing the... Ticky tacky passing it, passing it, passing it around the back. Um, So, I mean, it's it's changed a bit from then and and teams are well drilled and everyone knows where they're meant to be. Um, The standard overall has probably gone up as far as competition levels. You know, it's a a very competitive league. So, yeah, it seems to be heading in the right direction. And, um, you know, Linfield obviously being so close last year to qualifying for group stages of a European competition um, lets you know that they're making strides in the right direction.
2: And football hasn't changed so much here that centre-backs have changed so much. I mean, the Premier League in England is an example of centre-backs are smaller, they're more technical. You know, we're not looking at, I don't know, a Steve Bruce or a Tony Adams and two amazing defenders. Please, nobody misunderstand what I'm saying there. But, you know, (laughs) all those great centre-backs of the 90s, you know, compared to now where bit smaller a bit more technical as i say a bit more expected to be on the ball and, and contributing to, to forward passes rather than you know get it get it away from the areas first and foremost we haven't quite got that you know down the divisions or whatever in northern ireland yet but i just wonder will uh, will that mean over time strikers have to change too because there, we, we don't see as many of the big physical forwards we're, we're lucky we still have a few here that know what to do on the end of a cross but um, it's interesting just the evolution of it all
3: yeah, I mean, you look at Man City now, who sometimes don't even well, no, Man City. By example, Chelsea don't play with a recognised striker. Sometimes, you know, some teams just play with that false nine, and and the furthest forward midfielders, you know, goes into that that centre forward role. But um, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, but we don't want our centre halves playing uh football on Friday night I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that our, our defenders are our defenders and they love defending fair play to them um, I was thinking and, you uh, see some
2: of the modern centre-backs you might enjoy getting getting one over on you know they wouldn't know what to do you'd be in competing uh,
3: yeah yeah just throw my weight around which is quite substantial this weather but yeah um, that's the Maltesers yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, that's the Maltesers dad yeah um, yeah no that it, yeah, as you say, at the end of the day I'd there's a way that you can win. You can win a football match many ways, um, and maybe to get out of the division we're in and things like that. There, you know, we don't need our centre halves dribbling up out of the ball, out of the ball, and you know, playing, you know, passes up the forwards through the eye of a needle. You know, we want them to defend. We want them to keep clean sheets, which they've been doing and they've been excellent at it. So, hopefully, that'll continue. And you know, like big, big Ryan won't think he's a footballer on Friday night and start to try to take on. The, the whole Crusaders team go heading up the pitch.
2: Tell you what, I, I don't know whether you ever let him on penalties. I've seen him hit a penalty. Uh, played a wee uh, seven aside Sunday league with him, and <laughs> my goodness, does he put his toe through
3: it? The the, the the boy the boy can hit a ball. That's really out there. He he, he hits many of these moon balls as we call <laughs> them in training. They can either head up. Either dead accurate or either end <laughs> up on the moon. That there's it. But once he gets his his uh, range, he's usually pretty good at them. So and he, he hits a good ball now. To be fair to. You.
2: He certainly does It's one of those ones Just for anyone Trying to imagine it You know when you play A bit of football With your mates And you go oh, I have to go on goals And then you see him step up for the penalty You go I'm just stepping out of the way
3: I Just get out of the way Get out of the way <laughs> It's not worth yeah, that. A... My
2: three quid You know what I mean I don't want to get hurt <laughs>
3: and the, the, the thing is You could probably Step out of the way And there's still A 50-50 chance He might play as it over So <laughs>
2: Uh, you can say that with your finishing prowess. I certainly could not comment. But, uh, my God, it's been great talking to you. Best of luck for the match. And I hope it's competitive. I'm going to be there myself on commentary. So I look forward to seeing what both teams um, have to offer on the night.
3: Yep, let's hope so. Thank you very much. The Score with Michael Clark.
2: So those are the thoughts of Michael Halliday, banger, in the last 16, hoping... That they can pull off a huge upset, if at all possible, against Crusaders. The Seasiders have won the Irish Cup before, way back 30 years ago in 1993. That was against Ards after a second replay. Ask your parents about one of those, <laughs> if you don't remember them yourself. Not just a replay, but a second replay. Looking through the teams still left in the competition, Linfield 44-time winners, Glentoran 23 Cliftonville have claimed it eight times, the last of those in 1979. Glenavon, seven. Corain, six. Crusaders and Ballymena United, five each. Portadown, three times. And then Larne, Dungannon, Ballyclare, Institute, Nockbreed, and Newington and the Welders have never won it. Larne have lost six finals, which is a record amount of final defeats by any side yet to win the competition. They will be hoping to put matters right when they take on Linfield, to get them a step closer to a final and a first-ever Irish Cup. There's still a long way to go in the competition, quite clearly. Now, speaking of long ways, long time ago, that 1979 Cup win for Cliftonville. Is this their year? Every year, the stigma, the pressure, the memories, and that same question. Let's ask it now of our next joining us from Cliftonville is Colin Coates Colin, how are you?
0: I'm good, thanks for having me Michael.
2: Uh, The big question that uh, Cliftonville fans are wondering can the wait for Irish Cup glory finally end this year?
0: Hopefully Um, (laughs) you know, even having only been in the club maybe a year and a half, it's something that you know, you hear talked about by the supporters and you know, coaching staff and people around the club, you know, it's something that they want to get that hoodoo off their pack and win an Irish Cup, but you know, it just doesn't happen. You know, you have to go and try and make it happen and, and obviously win games of football and, and big games of football when they come around. So, you know, none, are, none come really any bigger than I mean, Rain as well at the minute. You know, they're flying and home to them tomorrow is going to be a be a massive test for us.
2: You certainly would think so. Rain and Cleftonville, we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago in the programme. It just seems to be every cup competition you must face each other. It's an unwritten rule.
0: Yeah, it is. It's something that seems to have popped up over the last couple of years where, you know, we seem to play each other in, a, in every competition. You know, particularly in the League Cup. You know, they mm. put us out this year, and we beat them in the final last year. So yeah, it seems to be a team that we play quite frequently, and the games are normally never talking. They're 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 close affairs with maybe the one goal you know, separate the team. So I don't envisage it being any different tomorrow. with solitude. I think it'll be a tight game, and you know, I think the team maybe it takes their chances when they come along, and you know, sort of rises the occasion on the day will be the, the team that comes out on top.
2: And you look at the form of Matthew Shevlin and um, some of his teammates, but Matthew in particular, league's top scorer. You know, uh, as a defence, you're going to need to be on top form.
0: Yeah, you know he's he's flying as a striker. You know everything he touches at the minute seems to be the end uh, they end up in the net. You know he's uh, he's really in a in a rich vein of form and a, and a real purple patch at the minute for him. And you know he pretty earns it in terms of the uh, the work rate. You know you, you you watch him during games and you know he's constantly running after things, chasing people down and chasing lost causes and he probably you know is, is is earning the you know earning those goals if you like by the, the work rate he's put in. So, you know, he's he's one of many that we'll have to keep an eye on you know they're, they're the red talent across the pitch, you know, they're protecting those front three areas, you know, in behind Sheffield are, are always dangerous. So yeah, it's a it's a big task, you know, defensively to, to keep them at bay and you know, and obviously we know we've got the threats up at the top end of the pitch to go and hurt any team. So if we can if we can keep the back door shut, it gives a, it gives us a real chance of progressing.
2: And he got two against you in that uh, recent encounter uh, towards the end of January, the two all draws. So, um, you know, it would be interesting to see how the managers approach this game because you, you've had those recent matches with each other. Does anyone want to change things? Or, or how do you, you know, end up getting that little edge to get yourself into the hat for the last eight?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, the manager will pick the team on, it, on its own merits, you know, of, of players who are fit and available and, and players who are informed. So, you know, we're quite lucky at the minute where we're with only maybe one or two injuries around the camp and um you know they've they've been long term, you know, like Stephen Malin, you know, we, we know we're gonna be without him for the rest of the season. So, you know, by and large with a with a fully fit squad to, to go and, and give it a good go and the manager will pick a team probably really feels they can they can get the better of, of Colean on the day. And, you know, we've had a couple of positive results there in the last in the last two weeks. So it's about building on that and just trying to get that momentum going again and in terms of your overall performances, you know, whether it be League or Cup. So you know it's just another game it, for us, you know, in terms of Trying to do what we do in terms of how we play and play with that energy and and get about the game and, and and try and progress and you know it's that solitude which is a which is a big plus for us you know given our home form over the last you know 18 months has been superb so we we we'll be looking to to use that as an advantage
2: and I mean this season has been. I think, frantic. Anybody trying to make a prediction on it, good luck to them. Um, They've probably chopped and changed a few times. I don't know too many people that have really hung resolutely and said, no, this is the one team that I really believe is going to do it. You're top of the tree at the moment. How has it felt for you, and, and what's the feeling in the camp? Because you know, you're challenging on more than one front, you're there to be shot at, but that's the position you want to be in, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it is. You know, we're, we're obviously, like you said, we're, we're top of the league, but it's only it's only a start of February and you don't you know you don't get anything for being top of the league. At the start of February, you, you know, come back to me at the end of April if we top of the league, I'll be I'll be certainly delighted. So um, you know, there's nothing can at this stage of season. It's about continuing to put in performances. You know, the, the games supposed get bigger as the season goes on because, you know, any sort of slip ups are running out of time. So um it's important that we keep continuing to put in performances. And I think probably as a group of players have maybe learned from a lot from last year, you know, running Liverpool so close, you know, to lose out by a point on the last day. Um, you're hoping that you know players maybe that was their first real experience of experience of challenging for a league title and you, you just hope that they've taken something from that and you kinda you kinda sense that around the camp there isn't really any you know, there's no nervousness, there's no like undue excitement either. You know, players are just getting their head down and taking each game as it comes and, and taking each training session that comes as well, you know, getting their head down and working hard. There isn't anybody looking too far ahead. Everybody's just looking to the next game and you know, we've already got got a wee break from the league this week, which is which is which is nice, you know, you can pressures that come with that but obviously, you know, being at Clevelandville and, and the, the historically the the hoodoo of the Irish Cup it's it's a, it's a pressure game again and that the fans are, are desperate and the players too and you know, the coaching staff are desperate to, to do well in the competition and you know try to end that run.
2: And the return of Ryan Curran into the squad a big boost I would imagine?
0: Yeah, you know Ryan's a top quality player in in the league. You know he's particularly over the last two or three years he's been superb in the amount of goals he scored you know, aside from his goals, his all-round play, his, his first class, you know, he's probably someone, before I joined Clevenville, probably maybe didn't appreciate how good he was, but when you come in and you play with him, you see how much he does for the team in terms of holding the ball up and, you know, winning headers and bringing others into play, he's so comfortable taking, taking the ball in, you know, his back the goal and stuff, so, and then obviously the amount of goals he scores, so, yeah, he's a player that, you know, that any team would miss when he's not playing, and you know, thankfully, though, over the last month or two, when he hasn't been available, Roman Hale's continued his... You know, great run of form, and Joe Joe the gold does what he does. You know, and has continued to score. You know, all types of goals and brilliant goals. And um, you know, and, and obviously now in the transfer window, you know, the manager's managed to bring in David Parkhouse, which probably gives us something different in terms of a real physical presence. You somebody strong in the air and will sort of hassle and Harry centre half. So there's options there now too. You know, and, you know, obviously we're we're keen to get Ram back as soon as possible, but you know, we we obviously don't want to rush him in terms of that like, we've got plenty of options there as well to, to fill any void that he's behind
2: yeah certainly appear to be doing fine in front of co one of three teams that have uh, hit the 50 mark at this point in the campaign looking at the matches uh, I know you're going to tell me one game at a time and I understand that but fans and I'm sure in the back of Paddy McLaughlin's mind Declan O'Hara's mind is they're, they're planning the weeks ahead Linfield away Porter down at home Lorne away Glentorne at home Crusaders uh, to come uh, early in March and uh, that's at Seaview, that is some run of fixtures. So um, how important is momentum, do you think, when it comes to those kind of games? Do they do they look after each other when you can you know, put a result back to back to back?
0: Yeah, I think if you go on a wee run, you know, obviously if you were if you were lucky enough to go and win the game against Linfield and, and, and the Portadown game at home, it means um, that potentially you're going to do the games against Lauren and Glenn Thorne with, with slightly less pressure, whereas if you were to drop points in those first sort of games against Linfield, put it down, then you're going to do those games really need to win. So, you know, all those things will, will look after themselves, but you do, you do take one game at a time, you know, after we, we obviously our big focus all week this week has been on the Irish Cup, and I'm sure as soon as that game's finished, regardless of the outcome, um, on Saturday, Paddy will be looking, looking to that Linfield game away to, away Winter Park the week after, and you know, those are the games that, I suppose in a way, if you want to, if you want to win the league, you, you have to pick up points in, you know there's no point. In, and going and playing for a draw, you know, you want to go there and try and win the game and you know, put your put put yourself in a really, really strong position. And you know, we're in a good position the minute we came through a difficult run where we played, you know, over Christmas. I think we played Glen and Lauren uh, and Crusaders all one after the other. And we we're we managed to win two of the three. So, you know, if we we're able to do something similar, but obviously be delighted, but you know, we need to get the Irish Cup out, you know, a game out of the way to, on uh tomorrow and, and and try and progress there and, and put in a good performance. And then we look at the, look at the Linfield game, probably from. You know, Paddy will probably be looking at it from Saturday night, but from a player's point of view, you know, we'll be back in on Monday night and, and and preparing to get ready for for the game against Linfield.
2: Does it change from your experience? You know, when you are aware of those fixtures, does your mindset change? Does your preparation change? Just you individually, or have you always kind of had the same approach going into you know a challenge run of matches?
0: No, I don't think anything really changes, regardless. You know, of of who you're playing. You know, suppose when the game does come round, the big games look after themselves and that the players, you know, don't need any sort of additional motivation in terms of, you know, their own performance. You know, everybody knows what's required to win those big games. You know, but at the same time, the three points for beating Linfield is the same three points as, you know, beating, you know, a team maybe at the, you know, at the bottom of the league. So, every team deserves your, the respect, you know, and and the, and and really looking at each game on its merits, you know, and and taking each game as it comes. So, you know, those big games tend to look after themselves a wee bit easier. I imagine for Paddy's point of view, they're probably less worrisome, you know, in terms of, you know, he knows his players are going to be on it. But, um yeah, like I say, we'll, we'll, we'll take those games as they come around. Who knows what can happen between that and then, you know. It, you know we Obviously, when we play Linfield, the likes of Lauren, Corrine, Crusaders, Glenn are all playing their own games. So, who knows what can happen in those games? And, you know, you just have to take it as it comes. and Everything can look so different in two or three three weeks in football. So, um, we are very aware of that, you know, in football it can quite, it can it can bite you in the backside very quickly if you take your eye off the ball. So you no, know, we're we're just taking these training sessions that comes at the minute. And like I said, there's nobody getting overly excited or nobody getting there's no anxiousness or anything in the camp. Everybody's just enjoying playing their football and, and long may it continue where we can continue to pick up good results.
2: Uh, in the last round, you picked up an assist. Nice wee nod down for um, for a, a tap-in. Um, you'll be happy if you can get involved in uh, any of the scoring action. I know you say first job is to make sure people don't put them in the other end, but um, it must be nice when you get to be involved up the other side of the pitch for a wee change.
0: Yeah, it's great. You know, I've always enjoyed scoring goals. You know, I think, you know, as a defender, I think I've scored over 80 goals. I think Marshall Gillespie maybe tweeted about it during the week, you know, where it scored over 80 goals in my career. So it's something I've always enjoyed, you know, Going up into the box, you know, for set pieces, corners and you know, you're going up there, so you might as well try and get on the get on the end of something to, to score a goal. And sometimes those goals from defenders are, are crucial throughout the season. You might only score five or six, but there can be big goals in terms of you know match winning or um, you know, getting you through a round in a cup or whatever the case may be. So, you no, know, I think you're going up there, you've got to go up the try with the intent to score a goal and you know, I've always tried to do that during my career and you know, even as a defender there's no better feeling than scoring a goal. You know, even at my age of thirty seven, you feel like you're you know, you feel like you're seven or eight again in the park when you score a goal and you just want to run around like a madman. So, no, it's brilliant. It's it's great. It's all part of the game and, you know, like I say, you, you sort of touched on yourself there but rather, you know, I'd be happy if I keep a clean sheet because you, know, you trust those boys up the top end of the pits. you know, your Joe Gordy, Ronan Hales, Sean Moores, Rory Hills. you trust them to go and create stuff for you and score goals for the team and, like I say if we can keep that back door shut, with with a chance of winning games.
2: I've just found that stat for you, Colin. 82 goals you've scored in your career now. After that one at Mournview Park, that's pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, it's not bad. Um, you know, a few more be, left in nice you. <laughs> to, it'd be nice to get the hundred mark, but I think I don't think I've enough <laughs> years left in the tank to, to make it to hundred. But um, unless I can get Joe going off the penalties, maybe, if I start hitting them, I might I might have a chance. But no, no, it's great. You know, to score goals is great. You're always contributing at both ends of the pitch, you know, the same same token. You're you're looking for your attacking players to give you something defensively as well. You don't know, get behind the ball when they need to but the same, you know, the flip side of that is when, when defenders, you know, need to chip in with goals as well.
2: Well you're saying about being 37, do you know what, you're actually our youngest guest on the show this week So I don't know that that would apply in other weeks So you may as well just bask in your youth today because we've heard from Michael Halliday He's 43 and Stephen Small won't allow me to say what age he is <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, that's a nice thing to have, I'd be the youngest it's Not often to get to say the youngest in the room But um, obviously today I am, but you know, Michael Halliday's had some career and still going to 43 So, so fair play to him, and I played with him for a while at the cruise and he's a great fella well, you
2: look at that game, uh, isn't that the sort of match that everybody has a look at in terms of cup football? banger against Crusaders. And uh, I know, obviously, all the Cliftonville fans will be hoping for a big upset there. But just objectively looking at it, uh, going into a match like that, uh, it's the sort of game that... Uh, well, what would you be thinking? You know, if you're you're playing that team, you had Dundella in the last round, and when you're going into those matches, you could be complacent. Is there ever any... Anything in the back of your head saying, what if they score first? What if this goes wrong? This could be embarrassing.
0: Yeah, 100%. You know, when we went to Dundella, I remember talking through the week with, you know, the the rest of the team and saying, and, and Paddy sort of reiterating as well, it was always going to be a difficult game going to Dundella. You know, you could eat very, very easily end up with no egg in your face. It's a difficult venue to go to. And, and to be fair to our lads that night, we were 30 professional and got, got the job done. But like you said, if Dundella if maybe had to nick the first goal in that game and all of a sudden, things become edgy and, and difficult, you know, and it can become a very very tricky night. So, you know, to experience tells you you want to get off to a good start. You want to start the game well. You don't want to have to drag yourself, you know, off your knees to get something out of it. So, it's it's a difficult game for Crusaders, you know any 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 cup tie away from home is not ideal, you know. Um, it's a it's a difficult ground to go to. Banger. we played them earlier on in the season, and I think it was maybe the County Under Shield. Um, and we went through on penalties, and albeit we made quite a few changes to the team, but. You know, they held us day a nil-nil draw and we, and we ended up going scraping through on penalty. So it's not an easy place to go and play and it's a real opportunity for Bangor to go and show what they can do. You know, they've aspirations of promotion this year and I'm sure beyond that, you know, really gaining their premiership status. And, you know, Lee Feeney will have his team well-prepared, uh, well-organised to, to try and counteract whatever Crusaders will will throw at them. And, you know, obviously it's a big, big ask for them. You know, Crusaders are a top team of top players, but... You know, if it was at view, you'd be much more confident as a Crusaders player. But the fact that you're having to go away to Banger, and, you know, it makes it, it makes it that wee bit more difficult for them.
2: Well, there you go. Any Banger fans that were trying to have their nerves settle for later on, they're back to being nervous again now because they're thinking, oh, he's given us a bit of hope here. Sure. <laughs> that's what I have to say I love about the Irish Cup. Uh, people can talk about any other competitions elsewhere and what they mean or how the meaning has changed. But the Irish Cup has managed to preserve its special feeling here. And that's palpable when I talk to. Players and managers.
0: Yeah, it's 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 brilliant. You know, it obviously starts way back in August with all the amateur league and junior teams all fighting their way. And it's you know for those teams that manage to make it to the, the fifth round, they're hoping for the draw against the, the bigger teams in the country. And then you know, obviously for the for the likes of ourselves coming in in January, you know, it's it's a huge competition. You know, the fact that European football is attached to it, you know, will always will always mean that its prevalence will never diminish. Mm-hmm. You know it's a huge competition with huge rewards for the team that the team that wins it. And you know the fact that it's maybe teams even within the Premier League maybe are not looking at getting Europe, they'll say, oh, we see the Irish Cup as an avenue into it. And we see Ballymena last year didn't make the playoffs in terms of the league for Europe, but came so so close to winning the Irish Cup, and obviously the rewards that come with that. So it's a huge competition. Um, I've been lucky enough to win a couple, and you know I've lost a couple of finals as well. So it's a, it's a huge competition. Great day day out for all the players. The club and all the supporters and, their, and and the families and stuff and also it's a great day and it's something that everybody wants to get to and, and you know and obviously win so yeah it's, it's a huge competition
2: well there'll be some atmosphere at solitude for your match tomorrow um, I'm sure both sets of supporters will be bringing the noise um, you can very much tell uh, that you're carving a great career as a pundit for yourself as well always good to talk to you very insightful Colin appreciate you coming on to the programme brilliant Michael thanks for having me
1: the score with Michael Clark.
2: Okay, it's time for our final guest of the programme, last but by no means least. And uh, great to be talking to him again, the manager of Ballyclare Comrades, Stephen Small. Stephen, how are you keeping?
1: Doing well, Michael. Thanks very much for inviting me onto the show. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting a
2: chat with you. Well, I think you were the very first football manager I've ever interviewed, and you're now the most recent, so uh, there we are. <laughs>
1: Oh, absolutely, it's been a long time, and <laughs> I spent I spent quite a while out of the game. But uh, it's good to talk to you again.
2: Well, back in the game, most certainly, and I'll talk to you about your match tomorrow in a moment. But how are you finding life at Ballyclare, comrades? Do
1: you know what? I'm I'm really enjoying it. It it's it hasn't changed. The league hasn't changed since I left it. It's unbelievably competitive, and first are being challenged by the bottom teams and the bottom teams are winning games and it, it, it's almost like I never left in terms of the, the structure of the division it's so competitive um, hopefully I'm a little bit more wiser and more experienced and deal with things a little bit differently but I'm, I'm really enjoying working with young players again and and hoping to get the, get the best out of them but it's really
2: early in the process You haven't pulled all your hair out already then?
1: <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm actually probably more relaxed about, about management than I was the last time, and it's not, it's not an age thing. I think it's more, I just, I, m- m- my knowledge and my, my demeanour just feels like you'll get, you'll get more out of players, and and you can do your job better if you're a little more, a little bit more relaxed on the sideline.
2: Which is easier said than done, because the pressure, and I don't need to tell you this, but just to explain it, maybe for anyone not quite grasping it, that the pressure is obviously huge. and the pressure people put on themselves, you don't need supporters telling you if you're not doing well because you know,
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean, but but a lot of the a lot of the pressure that i that I maybe put on myself is more professional pressure to just mm. prepare properly and 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 prepare teams, the team and the squad, and recruitment, and all those things that go along with it. I, I found myself, I find myself uh, focusing less on the results because I kind of think that they'll take care of themselves. and whatever will be will be, as I found out the last time, you you kind of have no control over that other than the control of how the team performs, what your recruitment's like. And what your performances are like on a on a on a Saturday or Tuesday. So so I, I probably have more a more focused outlook on on football than I maybe did before. I think I leaned too much on the results as a lot of managers do.
2: When did you get that itch to come back? When did you start feeling in yourself right, I would be ready for a return to football?
1: I do you know I I've been working in develop, development football for so so many years. Um, I'm doing a, a masters in sports coaching and performance, and I the only thing that was missing in my portfolio was was that I missed the buzz of results and fixing fixing things from a Saturday and and the and the real cut and thrust of promotion relegation results matter and and I felt that that. You know, sitting on the sidelines and learning all this, all this sort of culture and and and, and stuff from a theoretical point of view, I felt that, that, that now was the time. And and Ballyclare comrades reminded me of when I first went into the job at, at, at Carrick Rangers, where where I felt that the championship, I, I had quite a good skill set at the last time in the championship, and and I would have hoped that that, that maybe I'm even even more. Better place to, to, to maybe maybe do a better better job, but but that that time will tell.
2: Well, we'll maybe look a wee bit more at the championship in a moment, but eyes on tomorrow. Clearly, Ballyclare fans will be excited about the prospect of getting into the last eight in the Irish Cup. But before you can dream about doing that, you have to get past Institute. So, an away day for you and your players. Um, how prepared are you for it, and what sort of challenge are you expecting from the hosts?
1: Well, yeah, well, we we've had two very very tight games against against the Institute. We certainly we certainly have prepared well. We know a lot about them. They know a lot about us. And 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 I know I know Brian Donaghy really well. He's a very good friend of mine. And and we both talked about we we both will prepare really well. And we have done that. And whatever happens on the day, they've made the best team win and, and we'll shake hands afterwards and, and, and remain really good friends. Um, and Brian, Brian, as I say, he's, he's known for, for his teams playing good football. The, the, the Brandywell well will host us. And, and I'm, I'm looking forward to a cracking game. But as I say, the game's so far between us. Have been tight, and I would imagine this one will be, will be, will be the same. And obviously, the the reward at the end of it is is massive for both clubs. And um, I'm really looking forward to tomorrow.
2: Looking at it as well, you talk about close games. The last one, um, Curran getting a late goal in November to, to give yourselves that one nil win. It, do you feel it's going to be that sort of a game settled by a goal?
1: Yeah, I mean both both defences. You know, certainly their defence, I found was really, really good. It, it, it was a really competitive game the last time we played them, and I, and, I, and I was honest with Brian. I wasn't, I wasn't being, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't sort of being patronising. I felt that they should have been, they should have been out of sight at half time, um, and we 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 stole it at the at the end. Um, but the, but down at their place, I felt that we we played pretty well. And and didn't get anything from the game, so so it'll be nip and tuck, um, and, and we're looking forward to it, but at the same time, realise that you know it could swing either way. Yeah.
2: I mentioned it earlier on the programme. It's the old cliche about form going out the window, you know, 90 minutes and all the rest of it, and that you know what you've done before doesn't really count. But do do you look at January and you know recent weeks some difficult results in there there's there's no hiding from that you got off to the perfect start uh, in January with a win against Warren Point but a, a few defeats since then and a draw with Anna United uh, wedged in there too uh, do the players need a wee bit of a confidence boost and, and could this be the game to give them up
1: well certainly certainly getting through to the the last day of of the Irish Cup would be massive for the players in terms of confidence but you know, we played Anna and we played Anna and Lockall in the last week, and both performances were outstanding. And we got nothing from from the Lockall game, and we got, you know, we got pegged back and and ended up with a draw against Anna. But the performances were were outstanding, some of her best performances. So, so we've been up and down. Not pretty, wasn't wasn't a great performance. But the Lockall Nana most recent performances. if we give those performances tomorrow, I'll be absolutely delighted.
2: The championship, you you talk about how competitive it is. Is it your priority and and what goals were set for you when you came into the job in terms of where Ballyclare should be and and what the board expected of you?
1: Well, they certainly felt that they should have been nowhere near that relegation dogfight. And while while no club no club outside of probably the top 3 at the minute or 4 could 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 comfortably say we won't be part of it i think i think the feeling was they were maybe flirting with relegation too much for their own liking and 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 that was my my remit when i came in and 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 this year while it hasn't changed I think that that was the target that we didn't want to be. We didn't want to be in the same position as we were last year. And I think I think top six is a, was was pretty much a a realistic target, but not unachievable. But a difficult a difficult a difficult ask as well because, as you say, it's a really competitive league.
2: Well, you just have to look at the table and for anyone that maybe doesn't follow a championship team and hasn't, 6th, yourselves, 30 points 12th, not the bottom of the pile as things stand 20, so 10 points between those places and that just tells you the traffic and you've got the likes of Institute, Balna, Mallard and the Welders in that conversation as well and I'm not deliberately omitting teams but just to you know to cherry pick no, no. a few of the big hitters and yep. that that shows you, that's, that's the teams under well, Claire, before we look at the teams above, what a what an absolutely enthralling league! If there is any neutrals that look at it, certainly for anyone deeply invested, as clearly a manager will be in their own team, yeah. probably heart attack stuff at times.
1: It's it. Do you know I've I've looked at the Premiership from afar, and 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 there's a clear there's a clear division in in the Premiership now of a nail, almost nailed on top six. Without being disrespectful to, to any teams, there's an, there's an almost nailed-on top six and a bottom six. Uh, you couldn't predict that in the in the championship. Um, you only have to look at the welders' recent form; they were rock bottom, and, and 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 even when Paul Paul came in, there was there was there was still a few really poor results. But look at the job! Look at the job that's been done and the transformation and you know any team any team can and it, and it and it wasn't just signings it was it was just a couple of weeks of of really good results could catapult you into the top six a couple of poor results can can drop you into the bottom six. And it's it's look anybody that doesn't watch the championship if you get a chance you come to a championship and and watch there's so much at stake every week um there's no there's certainly no dead rubbers
2: when it comes to recruitment in the Championship, is it harder or is it the same as, you know, you, you talk about previous experience in the league and what it was like to, to, to manage in it. Is it. Do you find it the same? I'm just wondering with the, the money in the top flight, does does that make it harder for Championship clubs? Or because a lot of teams are full-time, maybe other players are now forced down a little bit, which means you, you might, might even have better players to shop for?
1: Yeah, Michael, that's a great question, you know, because probably something i didn't i didn't really deal with as much the last time i was in management because there wasn't such a massive division between recruitment of players you know from the premier obviously financially um but this this professional amateur status thing it 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 really is difficult and january for me everybody says about you know your recruitment in january the transfer window our, our January because because we've recruited pretty well and, and 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 brought good players in at the start of the season our January was filled with player retention because there was there was four or five players being targeted by premier teams or teams within our league and and because of their amateur status they could they could just walk out the door and 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 creating a Creating a good environment, at training and and around the changing room and around the club, meant that thankfully we were able to keep keep all of our players who who wanted to stay, even though they had they had better financial offer offers elsewhere. were were, you know if the environment wasn't right, you maybe would have lo- lost those players, as I say. So player retention and 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 maybe just adding to the squad was my biggest my biggest challenge in January and 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 right at the last minute we added we added Hard who who is a is a magnificent signing for us due to his, his experience and and his leadership skills but but by and large our 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 uh, recruitment was very limited Callum Ferris came in as well which was a great signing but but by and large player retention was our was our was our main focus
2: really really interesting just to think of that, and you know, looking at the amateur side of things, it's something people can forget about as well, and, um, and an extra headache that managers maybe sometimes you know don't get the full sympathy when you're actually having to deal with that uh, when people are looking at just results and not thinking of the bigger picture, which uh, it's hard to see it unless you're right there, you know, in the face of it, as as clearly you obviously have to be.
1: Well, you think you think about it. I mean, we have we had four players being targeted by other teams. If you're if you're in the Premier League and they're on professional contracts, well they can't they, they can't move unless the club agree. Whereas from an amateur status point of view, those four players could have walked out of our club at, on the same day, and you'd have four players. I mean, look at you look at the likes of Knockbreda, Knockbreda and the Welders, and and there's so much there's so much so much movement of players in the Championship around January um, that we. We were delighted to keep the players that we wanted to keep, which was by and large the squad that we had in in August. And we only thankfully kept the players that, that on board that were being that were being you know sought after by not just Championship clubs but a couple of lower end Premier clubs as well. So we we're, we're, we're delighted that we we can move forward the rest of the season with with the same squad uh, plus plus a couple of very good signings.
2: And having that carrot to dangle as well of an Irish Cup run must be um, quite helpful.
1: Yeah, I mean, if if you know you you're looking at the if, unfortunately Callum Callum would be cup tied because he he played yeah. for Darlingstown. but but yeah, hard Beveland I believe will will will, will 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 definitely bolster our squad, um, and and obviously that would have been a a nice carrot. But for the existing players, I mean, what a showcase! to try and get through tomorrow's tie and into the and into the last the, the last stages of 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 the Irish Cup. I mean if you you know if you're a championship player and you want a, a platform to, to, to kind of showcase yourself on, then no better no better place than, than trying to get through tomorrow and, and, and showcase in the in in, in the
2: final eight. Well, we are out of time, Stephen, but always genuinely love chatting to you, great catching up, and best wishes for the rest of the season. Um, That should be a great game. That should be a great game at Brandywell. Thanks for coming on to the programme. Thank you, Michael. Great talking to you as usual.
1: The score with Michael Clark.
2: I wasn't kidding. We really are out of time. Thank you to our guests, Stephen Small, Colin Coates, and Michael Halliday, and indeed to you for listening. Good luck to all 16 teams remaining in the competition. It'll be fascinating to find out who the final eight are come the close of play on Saturday. But for now, all that remains to be said is enjoy your weekend of sports. Bye-bye.